This is an ABC podcast. Welcome to Dishy. One guest, three dishes and the stories behind them. This season, I'll be lucky enough to sit down and hear some great yarns about food from people I truly admire, like author and athlete, Taria Pitt, comedian Will Anderson, AFL legend Adam Goods, TV chef Po Ling Yao, and stacks of others. But first, I want to bring in a mate of mine who I know just loves a good feed. We first opened together out in the field all the way back in 2001. So opening this podcast together only feels right. A very warm welcome to Justin Langer. Hey, Maddie, it's great to talk to you, my friend. It's a treat, as always. JL, you love food, um, but you're also a very disciplined individual as well. Like you, you keep yourself trim and tidy and respectful. What, what, how do you describe yourself in your relationship to food? Uh, well, the reason actually, and I've said this for a very long time and it's more challenging now because our jobs aren't necessary to stay fit, get uh, improve our batting skills and stay fit. So, But I always said that I, I love training hard so that I can eat whatever I want mm. and that's pretty much it my, has been my philosophy. Now I don't get the chance to train as hard. I'll never forget seeing a... Um, a friend of mine, Natalie Furman, who was a champion wave skier, and I saw her at a mm. function one night. And I said, geez, you're looking fit, Nat. And she goes, JL, you and I both know there's fit and there's fit. Mm. And when mm. you do it as an elite athlete, you're, you're super fit as just part of your job, whereas now you don't get to train as much. But I still like to train every day or most days so that I can still enjoy my food as much as I do. JL, I know family is really important to you. So tell me, is there a family recipe or a meal from a loved one that sticks with you? As you know, Hayda, so I remember my grandmother who I learned so much about food and, you know, life from my nana. But I always remember seeing my nana. I used to go there and I used to have, she used to make the best cheese and pickle sandwiches in the world, Hayda. Oh, but the butter, the gold. butter was about a centimetre thick. The oh. cheese was about a centimetre thick. The pickle was about a centimetre thick. It was always fresh Amen. white bread with a cup mm. of tea and some cake. And, mm. you know, back in the day, we're trying to keep our skin fine. I go, Nan, look, mm. I meant, she, oh, don't worry, darling, it's good for the soul, don't worry. But I used to mm. say to her, look, Nan, I'm really worried about this. And she goes, darling, is there anything you can do about it? I go, no, not really, Nan. She goes, well, don't worry about it, darling. And then I go back <laughs> another day, have the same cheese and pickles. So she goes, I go, Nan, I'm really worried about this. And she goes, darling, is there anything you can do about it? I go, yeah, of course there's something I can do about it. She goes, well, don't worry about it, darling. Can you just expand that a little bit more into some of the, the women closer to you, your mum, your daughters, how that's sort of gone into to their process, mental processes as well? Well, I get to talk about my nana a lot, Haydos, because as obviously in my role now coaching athletes or coaching and speaking to coaches, I talk about the recipe in elite performance, which is concentration, is that you've got to work out individually what your recipe is, right? Mm. So, and, and my recipe, if I put it all down, was to get my head forward and watch the ball out of the bowler's hand. That was my recipe and staying relaxed off the field. So and I often say, and I, I, I think I talk about this just so I can fondly remember my nana often. And I say, well, my nana used to make the best pavlova in the world. My nana used to make the best fruitcake in the world. And guess mm. what? Through experience, she learned what the recipe was for the best pavlova and the best... She didn't put fruit in the pavlova, did she? She didn't put sultanas mm. in the pavlova. She didn't put an extra couple of eggs in. She didn't put extra sugar in. She just, 
she knew what the recipe was and she stuck to it. And that's why she was so successful at it. And that was a great, another great lesson from my nana through her cooking days. You know, she learned the recipes. And as, as human beings and in, in our business in elite sport, you've got to learn the recipe. And the sooner you learn the recipe and have the courage to stick to it, the more great outcomes you'll get. So my nana, huge, my beautiful mum who you, you knew and loved, Tados, who passed away a few years from ovarian cancer. My gosh, I miss her lemon mm. meringue pie every day and her treat to me was always Christmas cake like my nana, she learnt the recipe from my nana and she'd give me a beautiful Christmas cake every year and her lemon meringue pie, oh, my gosh, hate us. Oh, I still yeah. crave it. And only because, I, again, it just reminds me of my mum and, and her being mm. in the kitchen. Um, um, we didn't have a lot when we were growing up but simple recipes and, um, you know, if I was to die tomorrow, mm. if I knew I was going to die tomorrow, I'd have nana's pasta and all that's in it is bacon and onion and oil, so you just you, you cook that up and you make it, you just cook it a little bit long so it's a little bit crispy, haters. You can't just, mm. you know, you got to put a bit of love in it and just use a bit more time brown and, it and brown it up, right? Just a little bit crispy and then mm. you cook up your pasta and it's as simple as this and you put your, bake, your bacon and your onion into there and then you get a tin of tomato soup in there, mix it all up, get some cheese, put the cheese on it, put it in the oven for 10 minutes or 15 just to golden up the onion. Oh, my gosh, haters. It can't be more simple than that, right? You say that, but respectfully as well, JL, our grandmas and, and all of the people that have influenced our life, they always have a little special ingredient too, don't oh, they? What, what don't was, the, was there any special ingredient to that sauce? Yeah, love. <laughs> mm. Love and, and that's why we, we always say when we talk about Nana's pasta or if I cook up my um, special Papa's pasta, I've got Nana's pasta and Papa's pasta now. So one thing I'd love to do to relax on a Sunday afternoon, hey, is cook up mm. Papa's pasta, which is mm. the girls know his daddy's pasta and they all come running. Run like, out of that one. Oh, so that's just, it's like a tomato sauce which I brew all day. Yeah. So I'll get four yeah. or five hours of brewing and it's basically every, everything that read in the kitchen, I have it. So, mm. you know, obviously um, garlic and onion and I always like cherry tomatoes and that always goes in with the garlic and onion and the oil and it gives that sort of, um, at the end of it, gives that sort of, sort of smoky sort of taste to the tomatoes. So I do that with the tomatoes and then what I'll do is I'll cook that up and then that's when it all starts. Then I'll get creative and I'll be tins of tomatoes, um, mm. There'll be tomato paste, there'll be some carrots, some red capsicum. Anything that's red in my fridge will go into it. But this is the missing, you talk about love and missing ingredient, red apple. Red mm. apple, Hados. And never red forget apple. it. And anyone who A doesn't. Bit of pour, sweetness. Uh, yeah, sweetness. That's exact. And red wine. So obviously red. Um, but red apple and, and including the skin, just cut it up into really small pieces and then that goes and it just gives that sweetness to tomato-based sauce. And then at the end of it, you cook it up, um, the more red. And I always love having a glass of red wine while I'm doing it. I love having my music on and I'm in heaven. Like I don't get a chance to, <laughs> to cook very often, but oh, I just love it, Hados. So I'll cook up that. And then at the end of it, you know, you can make it, you can roast a chicken or you can put chicken with it, you can put sausage with it. Um, I've got two vegan daughters, so they, they obviously just have it with the, with the tomato-based sauce, but it's just magic. And, and what it also, as we all know, that beautiful, whether you used to go to your nana's house or mum's cooking, the whole house smells like a kitchen, right? Mm. I mean, like a restaurant. Just so and I love that. That's part of coming home. It's not a house, it's a home. When you have those 
magnificent perfumes of home-cooked meals. Right, I want to talk about a very special fine dining experience you and I had together with some of our teammates. Mm. Tell us about dinner at Kerry Packers. <laughs> I tell you my recollection of that as only you could do. I've got two great stories about you, Haydos, and only you could do this. One was Kerry Packer. And if we get time, remind me of the second story, which sums you up beautifully. Anyway, we came back from the 2005 Ashes, which we lost, which we're, mate, we still both can't believe we lost that. But mm. the day before the World will be playing the World 11 because we're the number one ranked team, the World 11 at the SCG. And I'll never forget that after training, you said to me, Alf, we're going to carry Packers for dinner. And I said, okay. <laughs> so you and I, out of respect, put on our suits and, um, you know, shirt and tie. And then we went with Brett nervous. Lee and Shane Watson. Oh, nervous as anything because we'd heard yeah. all these stories about Kerry. Remember Watto and... Um, and Binger turned up in their, their ripped jeans and their ripped shirts would probably cost a lot more than our beautiful Hugo yeah. Boss suits oh, or yeah. whatever. Well, I definitely wouldn't have had a Hugo Boss suit. I know that you had a silver spoon in your mouth <laughs> when you were born, but, mate, I'm telling you, I, yeah, good point, I would man. have had something like a, 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 man, a, like a Lowe's or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you, no, you, would have had the, you would have had whatever the, the Australian cricket um, hand-down suit was. That's what you had, the, the old, Correct. You know, that horrible yeah, thing. I know, and I you fancied yeah. yourself as well, you know, like yeah, well, I talk was, about you. I, you're the nerd. I was the Julio of the relationship. Correct. That's all right. So I would have had, yeah, the good stuff on. Anyway, so we've got so, Binger, and, and, who's Brett Lee and Shane Watson, yeah, Watto. They're Shane also Watson, massive like, Julios. Uh, uh, massive Julios. I mean, they could, that's like George Clooney and... Bloody Brad Pitt, isn't it? We're going for dinner with George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Who's oh, our Mickey well, Rourke then? I reckon Mickey Rourke was the other bloke who came with us, Steve Waugh. He's, he's <laughs> came with us as well, didn't he? You said it. <laughs> so don't tell him I said <laughs> that. But, but so oh, we, I don't know if you remember, we rock up outside the Two Black Hummers rock up to pick yeah. us up. Yeah. So you and I jump in one Black Hummer. Mm. The two pretty boys, Watto and... Uh, being a jump in the other, and then we rock up to Kerry Packers. Out. I'll never forget it. We jump out of these Hummers in Bellevue Heights and mm. his house is like the size of a hotel and these are the first <laughs> things. One, I shook his hand. Mate, his mm. hand was the size of my bloody desk. My desk that we're sitting at at the moment is massive, right? His hand mm. was the size of my desk. It almost mm. engulfed my whole hand and he goes, pleased mm. to meet you, son. And then we mm. walk in and I don't know if you remember, there's a big black Buddha in the mm. entrance. And I still know this big black shiny, but I know I remember that. But then mm. we sat down and then absolute classic, you know, they, they had two young guys there, would you like a drink? And we got a test match the next day. I said, I have a Diet Coke, please. And there's Kerry Packer and they bought out a silver platter and mm. they had a packet of Benson Hedges and a big gold lighter on there, right? And you know these <laughs> days where, you, you know, you don't have a cigarette in public and you certainly, if you're going to have a cigarette, oh, look, do you mind if I have a cigarette? I remember Kerry, I don't know if you remember this, Hayes, but Kerry Packer got the big gold lighter, put a, a fag in his mouth and looked at us all like eyeballing us and say, mm. I'm Kerry Packer and I'll do whatever I like <laughs> in my castle. I'm in my <laughs> castle. So he walks, he's smoking his durry. And then that, later that night we're having, he's put on this feast, as you might remember, and, and I remember there's Kerry mm. Packer putting peas and carrots on Shane Watson or Brett Lee's plate for him. Like, this is like fairy tale stuff. And then we're going around, he's telling us this story and he's telling us about luck and he's telling about his great-grandfather and then he's telling yeah. about his dad and he's just about telling us about his luck in life. Yes. And he looks at me and he slaps me on the shoulder. And anyone who knows my career or knows cricket knows I got hit in the helmet a lot, right? He slaps me on the shoulder, he looks at me, he goes, 
had a bit of luck in your life, haven't you, young fella? I'm going, yes, Mr. Packer, I'm the luckiest bloke in the world. He goes, he goes you're lucky in life. Lucky they invented helmets or you'd be bloody dead. He didn't use the word bloody. He might have used no. something else. Hey, I said, you remember, but we're all falling. I didn't know if he said, we're all falling off. And then at the end of the night, after he's put peas in, and we've eaten this nice food and watched Kerry Packer smoke his cigarettes, he goes, Alan Jones says to Kerry Packer, what do you reckon, Kerry? You reckon the boys are the most, we should give them the most valuable advice they'll ever give them in their life? And we're going, hmm. we've got our jaws on the table. What is Kerry hmm. Packer going to tell us? And he goes, yeah, I think they're ready. And he's smoking his cigarette. He goes, boys, this is the most important advice I can ever give you in your life. In this life, as long as you know who you are <laughs> and your mates know who you are, the rest can go and get stuffed. And he didn't use mm. the word stuffed. He used another mm. word. The re- mm. and, and look, in the world we live in, he couldn't give you tr- better. We talk about, you talked about mental health before and mental toughness. As long as you know who you are and you can sleep well at night and you're honest and you've got integrity, mm. and as long mm. as your friends know who you are because they're, the they're the ones who really care. That's all that really matters in this life, mate. Mm. Re- most of the time we put on a mate, as long as you know who you are and your mates and your family know who you are. And that's what I say to our boys in the Australian cricket team. If you think of nothing else, boys, except making Australians proud of you, and that includes your mum and your dad and your friends mm. and Australia, you make Australians proud of you, you can't go wrong. And it's a pretty simple philosophy and it's sort of one of the great messages I learned from Kerry Packer that night. Matt, have you got a favourite food memory touring overseas? One that stands out with your brothers? Uh, I got One is Steve War loves okra. You know, and okra is called, yeah. is, they call it ladies' fingers. It's a little vegetable yeah, in India. Yeah. And bindi, that's right. And mm. they, in India they make this incredible, quite often when I go to India I'll, I'll go the whole time vegetarian because mm. one, the food and the taste of, you know, the tastes of India or in Sri Lanka as we remember, it's so easy mm. for me to be vegetarian there. Mm. Um, but I remember okra and I, I, I'm a bit of a cricket tragic but I thought, well, if Steve War eats okra... <laughs> then I should eat okra because it make me make more runs. So call me a clown, but that's, that's why I love okra. And, I and did, did it give you more runs, okra. literally, or did you...? Well, no, well, that's why I don't eat, I don't eat meat in India often so I don't get too many runs, to be honest. So, um, and I've always felt myself really healthy there. But, but I remember okra in India, but they're my favourite of all time, Hados. And mm. you, were, you were pivotal in this was the Platinum Club. And no mm. one knows about them. We went to a place called Nagpur, as you remember, and the Platinum mm. Club led by the chairman, Matthew Hayden, the, the, <laughs> the chef, the chefaholic, the great lover of food. There was Damien Martin, our little brother, and yep. Brad Hodge, who we felt sorry for because he was the kid on the tour and mm. we had him in the Platinum Club. And, and for <laughs> all the listeners out there, Haydos, as only Haydos could do, brought particularly for Nagpur, which is literally probably my least favourite place on earth. The last few times I've been, I've got sick there every time. So mm. Haydos remember this. So you had two big cricket bags. And in that cricket bag you had a coffee maker and we both love coffee. You had a bread maker. You had pots and pans. And then you, in the other bag, we'd just been in London. I think you'd been there for the Champions mm. Trophy just before. You had Starbucks coffee beans. You had all the food that we, you could bring with you. And, you. and the plan was every morning in Nagpur with the train track just running behind us, the humidity, the heat, the smells of Nagpur. Our 
hotel came to life and it was the worst hotel we ever stayed at. It came to every the Pride morning. was the name of the, the hotel. Pride right hotel. Right at the end of the – right oh, at the terminal velocity of oh. the uh, Boeing 747s that used to take off. So if you weren't getting oh. rattled around by the trains, you were getting a good old spray from the jet engines. Oh, my gosh. Who would ever forget the Pride Hotel? If I never have to go back there ever again, Hados. And the irony of all this is that the Mount Everest of our career was winning in India, right? It was the mm. great achievement of my, certainly my career was finally beating India in India mm. after mm. however many years. And it happened in mm. Nagpur, the it worst did. place for me in the world. It happened in Nagpur. And we and almost ended up in jail. The Club. The, well, the Platinum Club, which didn't include any bowlers. <laughs> we almost ended up in jail, if you remember, because it's a dry state. And we were sponsored That's by, right. I think, Fosters at the time. And our dressing rooms were always just to be seen, just just loved our dressing rooms. So we got told mm. we couldn't have a beer. Oh, that was just sacrilege. And then after winning, finally winning after that, and it's the greatest achievement. And then we have a beer in the change. Oh, my gosh. Like we're getting, we're, we're literally all getting, instead of having the celebration of our life, we're almost in the in the uh, jail of Nagpur. I mean, you imagine the hotel. Pride wasn't that flash. I say it with great respect. But anyway, we end up getting away with it. Someone with great diplomacy skills, we were able to have a celebration of a lifetime. But what I remember about is you had the bread maker and every morning we'd go in there to your hotel room and the whole floor smelt like a bakery. We'd go in and have <laughs> beautiful fresh bread with... Um, butter and Vegemite and you'd make up so you could smell the freshly brewed coffee and the bakery, right? So we'd go in there, then we'd go and play our, our test match and then at night we'd come, I don't know if you remember, we had a yoga teacher with us. So mm. I'd come home, I'd have mm. a shower, I'd ring home because of the time difference, mm. I'd ring to my family, I'd go and do a yoga session and by mm. the time I came up to my room, oh, you could hear like the sizzling on the stove in your bedroom and these perfumes were coming out of our your hotel room and we'd sit in there, we'd either have a Diet Coke or a freezing cold beer and we'd mm. eat a feast thanks to the, the connoisseur, the chef supremo, Maddie Hayden. My gosh, it made this week that we thought would be tough, the best week of our life for so many reasons. We're not only eating great food, we're enjoying the camaraderie of our mates. We were having our other mates knocking the door down and they were locked out and the jealousies, particularly from the fast bowlers, and we mm. ended up beating India for the first time. I mean, what an experience, what a memory, and it's tattooed into my brain as one of the great weeks of my life. You had a second story that you want me I don't to know, That's what I remember. Yes, I do. Oh, this oh, is okay. classic. Righto. Only Righto. Matthew Hayden could do this, right? And. It's one of my greatest memories and, again, only you could do this to us. Like getting us to dinner at Kerry Packers, you'll remember this fondly. We had Steve Waugh's retirement dinner and we went to Robert Josky, Steve Waugh's manager's house and we went to Lovely and they had the big grand piano. And as you well remember, the greatest memories of my time playing was singing the Australian team songs. It meant we'd won. We sing the song and then the song master. You were custodian of it too. Well, it started, it started off with Rod Marsh and then it went to David Boone who passed it on to Ian Healy, who passed it to Ricky Pond, who then passed it to me when he became captain because that was the tradition. The captain can't be the songmaster, right? So as part of that tradition, it was in our time, it was before the song used to sing K-San, 
with the boys. So cold chisel, K-San, you'd get the boys, you'd sort of rattle, boys, ready for the song? We'd get up and we'd sing K-San together and we'd rip into K-San and then right oh boys, we'd listen to True Blue, Johnny Williamson and we'd rip into True Blue and then it was just a magic of playing cricket for Australia. But we, so we go to Steve War's retirement dinner and the grand piano's there and guess who turns up? Jimmy Barnes turns up. <laughs> and Jimmy Barnes is on the grand piano and he's got the boys in a huddle and we're singing K-San and Flame Trees together. Like, you don't get this privilege, right, Hados? We've got Jimmy Barnes singing K-San and Flame Trees and when the war is over, whatever we requested, on the grand piano for Steve War's retirement. Like, like, that's gold. But then Johnny Williamson turns up <laughs> and Johnny was on the grand piano and he's about to sing True Blue and they're sitting behind us at this bar is none other than the Prime Minister, John Howard. <laughs> John Howard sitting there like you don't get these privileges, right? And you get that playing from Australia and he's there sitting with his wife, Jeanette, and he's got a crown lager and we're just about to sing True Blue and only you can do this. Johnny, come and sing True Blue with us. And I'm going, hey, Doss, that's the Prime Minister. And John Howard goes, who's a cricket tragic and one of the great people Love I've met. It. Oh, well, okay, Matt. Oh, are you sure that's okay? Johnny, join us. So there's you, John Howard, and I, and the rest of the boys, and we've got John Howard, similar the height, Prime actually, Minister, you and similar height and similar cricket <laughs> tragedy, both of us. And Johnny Howard singing True Blue. And I remember he's got this big smile, his, his glasses are hanging off his face. <laughs> True Blue. And then he's, he's jumping up and we're lifting the Prime Minister off. And it's like, can you only, like, getting dinner with the Prime Minister, we're singing True Blue with the Prime Minister. Like, <laughs> only you could do that, Haydos. Like, I don't know how you did it, but you, you mate, haven't got a fear in the world. So that's why. And then that's like when I used to bat with you. It was like walking out. You, as you know, thought you were Russell Crowe from The Gladiator. Like, every time we walk <laughs> on the field together, Haydos thinks he's The Gladiator. He rubs his hands on the dirt like Russell Crowe used to do. And there I am walking out with a Gladiator, <laughs> like the six-foot... Six for Gladio with the tiny little JL and we're walking out. So, mate, it was one of the privileges of my career batting with you and then knowing I got to meet some of the great people because you just didn't care. You just say, come on, Johnny, come and sing True Blue or come on, AJ, get Kerry Packer for dinner. Like, how lucky are we? Luckiest blokes in the world, Dustin. <laughs> uh, it's a great story, JL. The, um, look, we, I could talk for me in years and I, I want to, as you know, we've been mates for a long time. Cricket is a very, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a slow-cooked meal, put it that way. It's a bit like your nana's pasta. takes all day or papa's pasta. takes a long time. But I, I, I want to ask you a, a fast food question. You're rushing out. I'll set the stage for you. You're rushing out the door, going to go coach the Aussie team, mm. clearly to victory. What's the one food that you grab on the way out? What's your soul food? What's that thing that you just can't do without? Coffee. Now, would we call it a food? Mm. Well, it's a bean, isn't it? I love coffee. I love coffee, Hados. I, oh. And <laughs> I got it quite unwell in January and the doctor said, oh, you might have to go off coffee for a while, coffee and alcohol for a while. I said, oh, okay. Right, and I said, are you sure? He goes, yeah, just give it a crack for a while. Um, I said, okay, no worries. Mate, I couldn't give up coffee. I could give out alcohol. I could give up chocolate mm. I could give up but mate coffee I love coffee and if I'm you know I feel I feel strong when I've got my you know my black I've got a beautiful coffee now and you know whether it's V60 or 
and you get the best coffee beans. I love the smell of coffee, hey, us. You know, when you're freshly ground coffee and then you go through the process of making a great coffee. Oh, and we've been watching, it's so funny because, you know, in America, and we've been watching this series through this COVID period called Ray Donovan. Anyway, you know when you're watching American sitcoms and they've always got the coffee machine on the on the kitchen bench and you just take it and they pour coffee. Well, after mm. watching Ray Donovan, the, the gangster, I said to Sue, imagine if you now coffee, and we've got coffee machines everywhere in our house, and I said, imagine if we could just, you know, look on the internet. That costs about 50 bucks for filtered coffee. It's the greatest invention of all time, Dust, because you get the best. It costs 50 bucks. You can set it for the morning so you wake up and it's like your house smells like coffee and it's just sitting on my it's sitting on my bench and I've got filtered coffee all day and I'll tell you, with good coffee beans, since in this COVID period, I drop Gracie to school every day. It's one of the great moments of my every single day. I get myself a coffee from my Ray Donovan filtered, filtered coffee US because I think I'm in the Ray Donovan. I get my coffee. I drive Gracie to school. I listen to, I've got to listen to Harry Styles and this sort of stuff. I actually <laughs> listen to love songs all the way because you know I love a love song, Dust. I drink my coffee. I'm talking to Gracie. I'm singing love songs with Gracie, Harry Styles or whatever. And then I drop yeah. Gracie at school, tell her how beautiful she is every day. And then I make my phone calls on the way back, drinking my Ray Donovan coffee. Oh, mate, life does not get any better than that dust. Beautiful. JL, thanks so much for your time, mate. And thank you, guys. That's episode one down. Next up on the dishy menu is MasterChef hero and national treasure, the fabulous Podling Yao. That's next time on Dishy with me, Matt Hayden. If you want to hear a bit more about Justin Langer's approach to sport and cricket, check out the Mindfully podcast. Justin is right into how mindfulness can give you an edge on the sporting field or with any kind of performance. And he talks about it on a special series of Mindfully that's all about sport. You can hear it for free on the ABC Listen app, your smart speaker, or on podcast apps like Apple and Google. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.